welcome to episode four of Concentrated, the podcast about movies, comics, shows, and all the other cool stuff we want to talk about from the perspective of nerds of color. I'm your host, Maria, and as usual, I am here with my co-host, Eric. Hello. And the lovely Manera. Hi. <laughs> so today we're going to do something a little different, and we're going to do a childhood flashback episode, but concentrated style. And now you might be thinking, well, what the hell does that mean? Well, we're going to go ahead and look at some of uh, shows, movies, and cartoons that we loved as kids or young adults, uh, but we realize now as adults that they are problematic as hell. Before we dive in, though, um, we want to introduce a new little segment to the show called Eric Does the News. Here's some news. Um, just got three quick stories. Uh, the biggest one and the saddest one being the passing of Star Wars veteran actor Peter Mayhew, no. uh, famously yeah. known for his portrayal of Chewbacca the Wookiee. Um, he passed. He was 74 years old and he passed on April 30th, 2019. Um, he has uh, a syndrome, not gigantism. And he portrayed Chewbacca all the way through 2015's The Force Awakens when he uh, passed the role on to uh, a newcomer. I forgot the gentleman's name, but he is a um, a Norwegian basketball player who uh, he has been playing him since then. He played him in The the Last Jedi, and he also played him in, in Solo. Solo. Right? Yeah. yeah. So he apparently got a lot of tips from Peter Mayhew, and he's supposed to be a really nice guy, but... Yeah, yeah, but he's still not Peter Mayhew, so no. rest yeah. in peace and condolences both to his family and to the Star Wars family in general. You know, most of us grew up with this man. Um, it's really, really sad. Yeah, it is. Our it's heroes sad. are dying, y'all. He was 74, and in recent years he has been, like, that's why he, he gave up the role of Chewbacca, because he has a lot of um, problems getting around. He's walking with a cane. And, yeah. You know, a man of his height, it, it, it comes back to you in the end. Um, Did you also see that John Singleton passed away? That's right. Yeah, John Singleton also passed away after suffering a stroke. Yeah, like uh, um, Luke Perry? Yeah, Luke Perry, the same. That is insane. Right. And both of them were put into a medically induced coma and they passed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that is also sad news. John Singleton, famously the director of Boys in the Hood and... um, to a lesser extent, Too Fast, Too Furious. And also kind of one of the main mm-hmm. guys that paved the way for all of these new young uh, directors of color that mm-hmm. we're seeing. Like He mentored so many people. Yeah. Um, it's just, again, our heroes are dying, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Please yeah. tell me your next story is much happier. <laughs> um, depends on who you, uh, who you enjoy. Speaking of Too Fast and Furious and the Fast and Furious franchise, um, Vin Diesel confirmed on Instagram that the newest addition to the Fast and the Furious family is none other than former professional wrestler John Cena. No, why? You can't you can't see me because we're on radio, but also I'm doing the hand motion. You cannot see me. Why? Yeah. Um, why? I'm assuming because they need more random white guys and especially because then i mean uh the rock is off shooting his own stuff with uh jason statham which i mean hobbs and shaw looks amazingly ridiculous and i'm i'm here for all yeah. of it yeah fyi yeah. Mm-hmm. but that's another not to episode. mention i mean we already it's basically another replacement because we replaced paul walker with scott eastwood right Ugh. Uh, 
Is that sticking? Do we know if that's sticking? I hope not. I, mean, I was not a fan of his performance. How about we just, we just call it, like you guys have had a great run. Let's just, let's just end this series. No, 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 no they're, they're going to, they're going to 12. They've already <laughs> Why? said, yeah. Because me and Eric because they want still them to. make billions of dollars. <laughs> oh, you guys are the worst. Why? Am, why? Why? There's so many whys right now. Why John Cena? Why twelve movies? And why do I sit here with you guys and and even indulge you in these ridiculous notions? No one needs twelve Fast and the Furious movies. The world needs twelve Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies. And facts. I'm gonna say it. Hot take. We need another a sequel to Tokyo Drift. A property. A property. Yes. Sequel. Bring back Han. Tokyo Drift is the bastard child of the Fast and Furious franchise, but it was the the thing that set it back off. Yeah. I need another Fast and the Furious like I need hemorrhoids. We need another Tokyo Drift. We do. Because <sighs> you need to respect the god Shad Moss. Oh. oh, but don't don't bring him back. I don't need that. No, wait, wait. Sorry, we didn't prepare this. You got we don't need res- him Respect back, the god Shad Moss. <laughs> the goat. Is, He's the goat. You this know, is horrible. Knows. Okay, no. ne- next story. I, I can't with you two, and I refuse to give John Cena any credibility in this franchise or any other. You know what you're good at, John? Being funny. He was Just good in blockers. Be, yeah. yeah, and he was hilarious mm-hmm. in blockers. That's what I'm saying. Do comedy, because you're good at that. I mean, we've all hopefully by force sat through the Marine. You're not good in action movies. You mean even the Marine one, two or Marine 26? 35. Oh my God. Yeah. They're still making them. Just, just be a comedy guy. Like you're really funny. That's he, it. He was smart enough to get out after I think the second one. <sighs> And they keep changing the star because apparently right, every story. former wrestler Same. is a Marine. I was Same excited about this segment, but if this is the energy Eric's going to be bringing. Well, in, in better news. Thank and, you. In news uh, with a little bit more representation outside of muscular white men, um, we are finally getting a Ghost Rider television show. Yes! Um, it's going to be on Hulu, and it will be uh, reuniting the character of Robbie Reyes, who <gasps> was portrayed by Diego Luna on yes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he is also coming back to play the same character again on the Hulu show, but apparently, according to sources, the Hulu show will have nothing to do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it'll be an entirely new role of the same character with a new story. Gotcha. Okay. But Which he, I'm perfectly fine. But yeah, it is he's, going to be him. Diego Luna is, re, <sighs> is re, uh, playing the character again. Okay. Hulu, you are winning right now. Well, Thank yeah. you. you know, well, on that one. Disney. Disney Plus is winning because yeah. <sighs> Disney has... Except yeah. that Hulu. You you can't see the hand oh, making sorry. money motion that Manera just did, but <laughs> but it's there. Yeah, it was that that cheddar motion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thankfully, no more Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movies. Uh, Diego Luna's performance as Ghost Rider on Agents of Shield was actually really good, and they yeah. did an amazing job of both showcasing his powers and his car because he's one of the Ghost Riders that doesn't use a car. Can I get a hot take? Because I'm about to drop some. I liked. Hot take. I liked the Nicolas Cage movie. The first or the second? The first. Ugh. The yeah. second one you can excuse because it is so outlandish. I know. Huff all you want. Okay, I, I just, you know. I, there's I, a place for cheesy movies. There, you no, know no, no, no. There's, there's cheesy and there's a, a bad. Like the there. second one is cheesy bad. Because right. the second one uh, famously was done by Neville Dean and Taylor, the same guys who did Crank um, and Gamer. And that's their kind of over-the-top movie. And one, it looked really cool. It was cool seeing the Ghost Rider out during the day. Right. And also, you had Idris Elba with the worst French accent I've ever heard, but he apparently had a great time because he looked like he was having all the fun in the world. Okay, but let's let's just, during this segment, go ahead and put this out here. You don't want anybody bashing your boy Guillermo. You can never speak ill of Idris. Don't okay? you talk about Guillermo del Toro. That Future? man is an angel on earth. 
and Sir Idris because he will eventually get knighted. Uh, and I'll be there. But it doesn't matter because Guillermo del Toro hired Idris Elba. He canceled the apocalypse. Okay, but you know what? Guillermo- Hot take! No, no, no. St- uh, okay. All right, fine. All right. We'll give you that Move in. one. Guillermo del Toro. Moving on? Moving right along. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. He is an angel on earth. I will help that man. All right. Well, and good. that's been the news. Yeah, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. News. Pew, 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 pew. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump right in uh, to today's primary discussion. Um, you know, obviously, as kids, we, most of us grew up watching whatever we could get our hands on, you know, especially in the realm of cartoons and movies um, and shows and things like that. Um, but as, as I stated in, in our intro, like, you know, um, now as adults that some of the stuff that we watched was problematic as hell. Mm. And so I am going to, co- well, I'm going to commit not, a bit not of- just as, as like kids watching things, but just from a cultural standpoint, we live in a completely different time yeah. than when a yeah, lot that's of the things that too. we're talking about were created. So just looking back, some of these things are just if you watch them nowadays you'll be like ooh that is yeah that's not good that's we not a good not look. be doing we, that yeah well i'm i'm going to commit a little bit of blasphemy here for myself like i really struggled with this mm-hmm. because one of my absolute favorite cartoons growing up was gi joe um the toys were amazing everything about it was amazing like i remember when we were kids like our parents got us like the what we was had it? the Terradrome. Yeah, we had the Terradrome. My mom got it at a yard sale for like ten bucks. She came home literally with a giant trash bag full of GI Joes, full of GI Joes, and it was fucking Christmas. Yes, Aww. like shout out to Army brats because sometimes it works out for us mm-hmm. when somebody gets deployed or moved and they can't take their stuff with them. Yep, it had all the fancy characters from the movies, Everything. like Nemesis Enforcer. Dude, oh my and all gosh, that. it was <laughs> awesome. We it was probably the highlight of our childhood. Yep, was the day that mom came home with that big ass trash bag full of G.I. Joe stuff. Yup. Um, but looking back now as an adult, oh my God, there it is so problematic. So in case you've been living under a rock or in fairness, you are one of our younger listeners who may not have grown up with the original G.I. Joe. I'm just going to give you a little bit of, back, of a history or backstory. Oh, hopefully you're not one of the listeners that grew up with the G.I. Joe films, specifically the first one. Oh. Second one, it's not as bad. It was so bad. Okay, All I digress. Bad. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, fun fact for anybody that doesn't know this, but back in the day, the way that cartoons came to be, most cartoons that weren't like Disney, um, so most of the syndicated stuff like you watched after school or on Saturday mornings, uh, most of those actually came about because they were created to basically be a big-ass advertisement for a toy. Yep. Um, and so G.I. Joe was no exception. Uh, basically, was it, I think Hasbro uh, commissioned a G.I. Joe five-episode miniseries in 1983. And that's kind of what started it. Well, it this, was this was after the original G.I. Joe's that correct. came out um, after Vietnam. Right, right. And they were larger, like foot tall figures. Right. Mm-hmm. I I am specifically speaking about the eight inch yeah, the, figures mm-hmm. that most of us grew up with. I mean, if you grew up with the with the twelve inch ones, like You're probably older dead. You're yeah, you're kinda up there in age. But the, listen, no shade. We love you. We're happy you're here. You, you probably have no issue with any of these characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
for Oof, real. That was shady. That I mean, listen, but it's true. Caliente. Um, so they what they did in 1983 was they said, hey, listen, <clears throat> we're bringing back D.I. Joe. We're making them smaller. You know, we've got these commercials. The commercials are doing really well. Let's do a cartoon for it. And so they commissioned this um, five episode miniseries, which ended up later being called like the mass device when it re-aired in syndication because it's like you were following trying to like have Cobra deactivate this device Mm -hmm. whole convoluted story that now as an adult makes no sense but it did as a kid um so I, I guarantee you that device had a toy though Oh, it absolutely did. Everything that you saw on that screen had a toy. Um, And so in 1985, based on the success of that airing, they went ahead and they made it a full series. Um, And what they did was for the first season, um, they ordered 55 episodes. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, in order to be able to go into syndication, you have to have 65. So then they ordered the rest later on once they saw that it was successful. So, you know, basically that sparked the G.I. Joe phenomena. Uh, Literally every week it seemed like there was a new G.I. Joe toy that came out and parents rushed to get these toys because the cartoon was so popular that everybody wanted all of the toys. At that point it was you created the toy first, then that character got on the TV show. Yeah, then then they found a way to add them into the show. Although there are a couple of exceptions that were on the show first Mm -hmm. um, and then generated a toy, but like literally it's not that many. It's like one or two. Um, but the thing about it is, is that they actually were only on the air for three seasons. So like all of us have these super fond G.I. Joe memories, but the mm-hmm. show actually wasn't a, a long show. It was just well, three in, seasons. In, in its original incarnation, they, they had multiple other, and even up to now they have a version of G.I. Joe on TV. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm, you know, G.I. Right. Joe has never been off the air for more than a couple of years in some form. Right, because you have the original G.I. Joe, which is like, you know, G.I. Joe Heroes or whatever, and then you had all of the different spinoffs mm-hmm. and the movies um, that then ended up becoming like another like mini series, like when you start talking about Destro yeah. and um, Serpentor and all of those guys. But the interesting thing for me as an adult looking back, like I remember as a kid being like, some of this is kind of, eh, mm-hmm. but fuck it, it's GI Joe, I love it, let's right. do it. And now as an adult, I'm like, what in the entire hell? So, for example, another fun fact: there are 163. G.I. Joe action figures that were like characters that Mm. were issued as action figures. Now, obviously, the popular ones, they had more than one version of themselves issued. So like Roadblock, for example, which when I think back was really the only black character that really came to mind that I remembered because he was so prominent on the show. There are like seven different Roadblock action figures. But the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that of 163 individual characters that they introduced, there are less than 15 that are people of color. And I'm talking about all people of color. So I'm talking, you know, indigenous, you know, black, Black. Asian. There were literally, Shipwreck is the only Latino. Mm. And if you ever listen to the show... Or, or watch the cartoon, you really thought that he was just a white man. You didn't even know he was I, a Latino. I always thought he was white. Nope. Uh, I figured if it was G.I. Joe and they wanted to, to have a Latino, it would have been a guy in a sombrero with like six shooters. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they came close to going that route, but no, they, they he actually would, he kept would just it jump out and go, hey, it's Cobra Horns. Pew, pew. Oh, no. These vatos are trying to invade because Ugh. that's how we talk in the 80s if you're a Latino. Oh. And he's not wrong. <laughs> 
No, yeah. I mean, fortunately, I'll give them a little bit of credit that they did. They did not do my man shipwreck like that. But he is literally the only one. There yeah. are yeah. no other. Maybe Latinos. they figured that was too much because they already had the black guy who talked strictly in rhymes. Uh, or the about other. Big no, no, no. I'm talking about Roadblock. Oh, my God. Not to mention, uh, I mean, uh, Big Law didn't speak in rhymes, but he literally wore a basketball jersey and played basketball. Yes. He wore a basketball jersey, played basketball, and everything that he said was, was some slang. type of, like, sports analogy. Yeah. It was ridiculous. He, he spoke like the two black guys in Airplane that spoke strictly in Jive. I mean, but maybe it's our fault because we just refuse to recognize Jive as his own language. And, and maybe we're just wrong. Like, maybe that's what it was supposed to be. No. I mean, yes, but not when it's written by a bunch of white guys. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. But I think the even bigger issue outside of the fact that we only have 11 people of color. Do any of you ever remember seeing a single woman of color as a G.I. Joe or as a Was Cobra? that something we were allowed to do? Well, apparently one was. Um, her name was Raven, and she was a Raven pilot. And she was on one episode where she basically betrayed Cobra and was working with a couple of other Joes. Um, but she never got a toy. And does anyone even remember her? Because we're not even sure she was supposed to be a black woman. She was just not white. So she was completely racially vague. There actually is zero, like, written backstory on her. It's just like she was there. Well, Maria, that was for you. Uh, yeah, clearly. Yeah. I always thought, was, was Baroness supposed to be? Or was she Russian? Or Baroness was a white woman. She okay. was a European I knew she woman. was kind of white, but I couldn't tell if she was, like, Listen, Eastern she, European. Baroness represents that At that new, point, it was still the Soviet Union. So. Right. But, but in today's world, what Baroness represents is that new thing that some of our white sisters like to do of uh, being considered exotic. Mm -hmm. And so Baroness is just an exotic-ass white woman. That's what she is. That sounds about right. Yeah. But the thing, the most interesting thing about um, kind of going back and looking at these characters and doing a little bit of research is just how ridiculous some of their stories are. Mm -hmm. So do you remember Spirit? No, but I am assuming he's Native American. And you would be assuming correctly. So Spirit. Did he talk uh, like how white man <sighs> cobra he, invading? He did. But you know, uh, it, when you my apologies the, for that incredibly racist. It's and so terrible. But you but, know, like I mean, watch GI Joe. <laughs> but you know, like on the back of the toys, like when you got the action figure, mm -hmm. like you had like the the file card that told you all about the GI Joe. So here is hold on, his. hold on. Let me let me take a guess. Huh? He's some type of Native American spirit walker. Can he disassociate from his body and do things magically? Does he use some type of Native American magic? Yes. So here we go. At that point in the 80s, they would have called it Indian magic. No, it gets better. So here we are. First off, his name is Charlie Iron Knife. That's his real name. <laughs> yep. Um, he, of course, is from New Mexico. Does he have an iron knife? Uh, no, no. In this picture, he definitely has a rifle. Um <laughs> He so so the story his backstory is that spirit comes from a family so far below the poverty line that they never realized they were poor. Y'all, I'm not making this up. This is literally on his card. Does does he have a wolf sidekick? It, it gets better. 
was a hunting guide through high school, served in Southeast Asia, then as a civilian completed his education, returned to the service for reasons inexplicable to anyone but a Native American mystic warrior. What? Yeah, yeah, that's what his card reads. G.I. Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then there's the quote, because you know there was always a quote on these cards. Mm Mm-hmm. Charlie is a shaman, a medicine man. He's not a healer or a priest or a witch doctor. There isn't any equivalent in our culture for what he is unless we had shrinks that could actually help people. This is literally what his card says. So he's brown magic man. He is a brown magic man. But that was probably the going title before someone was like, eh, that's, that's a little, a little on the nose. <laughs> we should we should calm that down. Call him. What, what's a good Native American name? Charlie. Yeah, we know they like that one. Yeah, they love Charlie. We're going to call them all Charlie. Like, it's just ridiculous. And that's that's our one Native American. Let's let's talk about a couple of our, our black guys. Do you remember Hardball? I do. Was he the one that played like baseball? Yes. Yes. So his name is Wilmer Duggleby. That's his real name. And uh, listen, after five seasons of playing center field in the minor leagues, Hardball came to the realization that the big league scouts just weren't interested in his athletic prowess. Mm -hmm. They wanted star quality because, you know, (laughs) apparently he couldn't be star quality. So he needed to go and join an elite fighting force. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Joe (laughs) team was more interested in team players than in stars. And they had a real need for a guy who could judge distances accurately and react quickly with deliberation. So apparently being a center fielder somehow makes you like ready to join the Joes. Yep. And also, you know, you're definitely a black man and must be a an athlete. So we've got two athletes. Mm-hmm. Two athletes. Because we've got him and Big Lob, who I just I can't. I can't with Big Lob. Like it's just it's You didn't bad. like him wearing his camouflage pants and basketball jersey and literally saving the day by tossing a grenade through a free throw hole? No, no. I was not here for it. But then Let's let's talk about Joe. (laughs) And I I think the last one I'm going to highlight, just because I can't help myself, we got to talk about Roadblock, right? Everybody loves Roadblock and his like no nonsense. I'm not putting up with your shit. I was kind of disappointed that the Rock's portrayal of Roadblock did not rhyme. He did not. Had he gone the full nine and rhymed, I would have. I would have given that movie, you know, a little bit more yeah, grace. Yeah, but here's here's the fun thing about Roadblock for me. Um, Does he have a, a head injury that causes him to rhyme? No, it's worse. It's so much worse. So his name is Marvin Hinton because, of course, his of course, name is Marvin because he's a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, is he from Harlem? No, better. He is from Biloxi, Mississippi. Ah, okay. So not the hood of the north, but the hood of the south. Right. Nice. Right. And, and listen, when I read the rest of this, I'm going to just watch and see if the light bulb goes off in your head because it went off in mine. So Roadblock's dream was to be a gourmet chef. He was working as a bouncer to earn money to attend the Escoffier School in France when an army recruiter convinced him that the army could train him. Wait a minute. <laughs> One second. I'm going to put this out there and you tell me if I'm right. Did Robert Downey Jr. rip off Roadblock for Tropic Thunder? He absolutely did. Because That's as amazing. soon as I read that, I never really, I mean, because again, as a kid, you don't remember what you read. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I was like, holy shit, Robert Downey Jr. based his That's character brilliant. off of Roadblock. Off of Roadblock. Mm. Kirk Lazarus. Yeah, you know, because he is a sous chef down New Orleans. Down in New Orleans, huh? Oh, wait, but it gets better. Drag that patty, (laughs) y'all. 
Roadblock joined, but found army menus and preparation techniques too appalling. So since they were so appalling, he then transferred to the infantry. He is a qualified expert in M2 Browning 50 cals, heavy machine guns, and all Warsaw Pack heavy, heavy MGs, M16s, and auto pistols. All so, things you need in the kitchen. All things that you need in the kitchen. So, you know, he really, it's just, it's a natural transition, y'all. Like, if, if, if culinary school doesn't work out, of course you just go and join I want to cook for a living, but I can't, so I will join in so the So I'm going to go course. shoot some shit up. Yep. Like, at the end of the day, it's a segment of my childhood that I wouldn't replace, right? Because I mm-hmm. love G.I. Joe. However, I am hopeful that if the original, like, if somebody decides that they're going to, like, reboot the original, that we realize how stereotypically racist the the, the characters of color were, mm-hmm. and then the fact that there simply weren't enough. Because let's just look at how the military actually looks. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me that G.I. Joe's were supposed to be, like, reflective of, of the armed forces, something like 40% of the armed forces are people of color. And yet and still, like, not even 5% of the G.I. Joe force is not white. So, Well, that's something else we could get into for another day. <laughs> Listen, I mean... <sighs> We, so so we can we can send our boys and girls off to kill themselves, but we can't give them a shout out on a cartoon. Whatever, I you know I know this is a soapbox thing for me, but GI Joe, y'all were dead ass wrong for that. GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, you know obviously as we just kind of went over, mm-hmm. there are all types of problematic ass like Ooh, so things. problematic for like Joe. right GI <laughs> Joe God, um, but like. Obviously, the movies were even worse than the cartoons. Like, which one for you, like, causes just the most problems? There's a few. But okay. If I, if I got a soapbox here, and it, it's kind of hard for me to talk about today, being that we have some representation um, nowadays in film and in shows, unfortunately. Right. Um, and I say unfortunately because I'm talking about Revenge of the Nerds, the classic <laughs> 1984 comedy. But I uh, love about Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, but you know it's problematic. Um, here's the problem, though. Problematic as fuck. Now, let, we can, and I don't want to skip over it because I don't want to take too long talking about how bad Revenge of the Nerds is. But it, it did help, and I say help. Shows like Big Bang Theory nowadays are like an extension of Revenge of the Nerds. Right. And if you've ever met me, you know that I absolutely despise the Big Bang Theory Mm -hmm. because I I consider it as nerd blackface. I cannot do hot take the way that Eric does. Hot take. Yes, that is a hot ass take. And I know some of our listeners might love the Big Bang Theory. It's fucking nerd blackface. It it's core, nerd face. That's what it core, is. At their core, I would hope that if you're listening to this, you know that it's problematic. Yeah, it is yeah. nerd face as fuck. It, it, it's not as bad as Revenge of the Nerds, but uh, okay. So let's get into the basic premise of Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, you have two characters, best friends in high school, mm-hmm. going on to college. Uh, one famously played by Robert Carradine, brother of David Carradine. Right. Um, they go to college. They're treated like shit because the jocks on campus uh, accidentally burned down their house throwing a, a raging party. So the nerds get kicked out of their dorm and they have to go and stay in the, in the gymnasium. Also, just really quickly, 
Talking Heads Burning Down the House is still one of my favorite songs. And every time I hear it, all I can think of is them sitting outside yeah. singing, my house is burning down. My house. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, they go in and the, the two nerds, um, Lewis and I forget the other one's name. Um, they go and live in the gymnasium and they meet a couple of other nerds. Not, well, I would say dorks. A nerd is someone I would... It's Lewis and Gilbert, sorry. Um, they meet other people like them that are kind of dorky and kind of mm-hmm. social outcasts for the time. They're not jocks. And after staying in the gymnasium for so long, they decide, let's all just get a house together. And then they find out they, they have these fancy houses on campus, but they need to be a fraternity to be able to rent one. Mm-hmm. Right. So they reach out to a bunch of fraternities, and the only one that gets back to them, because they did not include a photograph, which they did to all the others was Lambda Lambda Lambda, right. a traditional all-black fraternity. Mm-hmm. And they accept them after they come to see, you know, they, they do an investigation and they notice that they're kind of outcasts. And they figure, all right, they got one black guy, which oh, we'll get to later. Listen, you leave <sighs> Lamar alone. Lamar was amazing no. and fabulous. No, you, uh, you go in on that, <laughs> yeah, if, please. It, let, let's, okay, one, that having, sarcasm, y'all. having the middle name Lamar, I've heard that a lot. Um, Lamar, the only black character in the movie, in, in Lambda, 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 outside of the heads of Lambda, 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 right. um, is famously a very bad portrayal of a gay man in the 1980s. Right. Mm-hmm. So much so that when they have to compete in the, uh, the academic and scholastic and um, athletic decathlon, his sport is javelin, to which one of the other kids creates him a javelin that adjusts to his limp wristed throwing style and the way that he runs and kind of bounces his wrist you can't see it i'm doing it it's very problematic as well and his javelin flies farther because of his limp wristed throwing style which is just yeah Yeah. um (laughs) not to mention uh a they break into the female the uh the sorority house install cameras and spy on them as they change clothes. Not to mention they do a panty raid and steal lots of their undergarments. Wait, you mean, you know, recording women without their consent is a bad thing? Well, yes, because it's nerds. Remember, it's okay when it's yeah. the hot guys. Oh, jocks. right, Remember right, right, that? right. I yeah. forgot. Yeah. Okay. Not to mention, once they get back and they start reviewing the footage, which is live, they have a child there. The child is like a, a child genius. He's sitting there watching a bunch of naked random women. Right. Um, they record them. Then when they have to earn funds to uh, pay for, for their decathlon, they sell the pictures that they take of them undressing as, uh, as cream pies, which is just a problematic term altogether. Oh, my God. <sighs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose my breath on this one. Um, <laughs> let's see. There is the straight-up rape that one of the characters uh, commits on one mm-hmm. of the sorority sisters. He convinces her that he is her boyfriend and then rapes her. But she enjoyed it, so it's not love, rape. Eric? Yeah, they yeah, fall in love. It's not rape because nerds do it better. Yeah. Duh. Spoilers: they get married in the sequel. <sighs> yep, it's true love, Eric. Don't. Yeah, don't it's not rape love. at all. Nope. 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 Uh, let's see. There is the problematic Asian character who uh, speaks, who who makes Long Duck Dong look like like a classically portrayed actor, like. <sighs> That's how Asian right people talk. Kurosawa. What are you doing? Yeah. What's going on? I would do the voice, but it is even more offensive than my Native American voice. Uh, he's also a genius because he's Asian and knows how to make robots. Which is a thing. Yeah. 
If anything, I would say the only good part of this movie is that they have a robot. Because if you have a robot in your movie, I, I'm going to watch it because I love robots. Well, is that's I mean also a, a I mean in the eighties robot well, right. robots were big. But yeah, if you were nerds, you could build robots. Mm-hmm. Robots that were butlers. But that's that's just the eighties. Oh boy. <laughs> I just I can't. I, got, I got a lot more, but <laughs> you you get where I'm going with this. It, one, it's a bad portrayal of of nerds and just social outcasts in general and. To it, it, like the only redeeming part of this movie is at the end when their brothers from their actual fraternity show up to help them, where you actually see the actual lambda, 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 and even then that's a little racist because they're about to get their asses kicked and then a bunch of big black guys right. show up, show up to save and the day, save them, and then of course the 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 white jocks are like, oh no, black guys, we we got to run. Yeah, well, we I can't mean, we can't know, fight the black guys. Right. Oh black guys are muscle always yep. and forever. And not <laughs> and that's all they're good for. Like, no, they're not smart. They're when they just, when they show up, they even play like a jazzy little uh, a bass riff when they show up, like boom, 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 boom. Because black people are famous for just being jazzy. Yep. In the eighties, if you do. were black, anywhere you showed up, you were let in by a bassy riff. Which I don't Ooh. know why I don't have one whenever I walk into a room. No, nope. we'll, Who we'll do get I need right to speak with. We'll get right that? on that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll, Eric, I'll, I'll put you a bassy little riff before Eric, you. Eric, yeah, you need to get on that. Appreciate it. Yeah, just. On so many different levels. Yeah. And and the sad part is, is that it was masked in the idea of, yeah, guys, because nerds matter and yeah. you should Power treat man. them being, well. Being uh, different what? is empowering. But yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, and I say thankfully, thankfully they have addressed some of this on, on shows like The Big Bang Theory where, but even then they still go into the same thing where like, you know, Raj can't talk to women unless he's drunk because, you know, he's a social outcast and he, he's got some type of social anxiety that is cleared up by alcohol. Not unlike in Revenge of the Nerds where they all get drunk and then they have a fun party. Yeah. They right. get drunk and high because the, the party's going terribly at one point. Um, one of them plays Swing Low, <laughs> oh which God. is a hilarious scene. But like the only character that comes in, like defends it is the one black character who's like, yeah, white people, you know. <sighs> Which is, I mean, that is, yeah. even today you throw that around. Yeah, yeah. Because that's White how you people. just explain it. <laughs> and that's, and you know, and the thing is, is like, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, some of our listeners are clearly not people of color, right? right. And and they would hear this like, oh my God, like we get beat up. Well, no, you aren't getting beat up, but you have to be able to acknowledge and own right. that this shit happens. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yep. And white people like you, yeah. white people go white people and this stuff happens and it just you it get causes... caught up by the white people <laughs> white people white people it's coming out on our soundtrack y'all um you know and it's how about we just embrace like revenge of the nerds if you take out the casual rape the just the multiple counts of sexual assault that happened right the, the multiple counts of sexual assault assault the horrible representation of a member of, of the gay community, the horrible representation of both people, people of, well, mm. people of color in, in general. In general, yeah. And also smart people. Right. Like, all nerds don't run around with thick-ass glasses. And pocket protectors. Yeah, and, and pocket protectors. Like, not even back then. Right. And for that to be the representation, um, and also to kind of further perpetuate the stereotype that it's not cool to be smart, mm-hmm. like... You kind of are a self-fulfilling prophecy of bullshit, Revenge of the Nerds. You were funny, I yeah. guess. Like, 
And they, they try to clean it up a little bit in the sequel where they take one of the jocks and he becomes a nerd when Ogre, like, helps them. But after that's after them treating Ogre like shit for multiple years. Right. And clearly Ogre is in his 40s by the time he's in college. Well, because... I mean, and in fairness, he had to do something after those multiple concussions that he received in blood sports. So, yeah. whatever. <laughs> he, he clearly had some type of brain damage where him and Ted McGinley... Oh. <laughs> Just it, it, it's that was a deep and heavy sigh. It's not great, oh. and and at its core, I still love the movie right. as a comedy, but it is ultra problematic, and could not be made to this day. Like, it, it's one of those things where when you mention it, people will be like, "What? I love Revenge of the Nerds," and then you break down all the reasons it's problematic, right. and. Some people will get it, and some people will be like, oh, well, that's just because you people are too sensitive now. Yeah, you guys are snoofing. One, who are you calling you people? And two, <laughs> I, I like, thought we left Traffic Thunder back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, people are too sensitive is what they'll say. It's not sensitive to want to be represented and not seem like a caricature. A caricature, yeah. Yeah. Because well, that's, that's exactly what Revenge of the Nerds is it is a, a display of multiple caricatures. Right. Here's the thing. For the you guys are too sensitive, you want to be portrayed a certain way. White people have been betrayed in a multitude of different ways for a very long time. Right. We just want to be portrayed in a multitude of different ways because we, as people of color, come in the same way as you all do. Right. Which is, it, I mean... It's not that hard to realize that. We all do not fit in the same right. little bow. Like, we could sit here and talk for hours about the di- the differences as two women of color exactly. that we have and the things that we like, we don't like, mm-hmm. what we're into, what we're not into. You know, you can't just wrap us up in bow of sassy black woman. Right. Like, no. No, that's spicy not, Latina. Yeah. Like, no, that's right. not what it is. And that's all I think everyone here wants is mm-hmm. for there to be multiple facets of the black experience, the Latino experience, the Asian experience. Yeah. Um, and to that, be that's represented. not to say that revenge of the nerds couldn't be remade nowadays. They would have to take out that problematic stuff, but also be a little bit more diverse in your cast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because even at to that point, the, all of the jocks were all white. Right. And the, I think that might've been part of the point because the, the, they were definitely scared of the Lambda Lambda Lambdas because it's a bunch of black guys that just showed up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it shows there's that's some in a problem. Raven, that's racism. a problem in and of itself, y'all. Like this is the reason that my son's riding in a car. If they get pulled over by the police, yeah. the the police officer is instantly afraid because we keep we keep perpetuating this stereotype of men of color being angry mm. and violent and mm. physical. And I'll tell you what, white men scare me a hell of a lot more than black men do. Same. Yep. Period. Like I was in London and we were walking down the street and there was a bunch of white guys that had walked out of a pub and they were rowdy. And I was literally scared. Like I crossed the the, the side because I'm like, I don't I don't trust you guys because you are rowdy and you guys don't value me. Right. You know what I mean? Like what I've learned is that as a person, I am not valued overall. You know, because obviously right. you can never speak about groups in general in, in generalities mm-hmm. like people are different. But the feeling that I've been given because of how my people continue to be, mm-hmm. you know, perpetuated on screen and, and shown mm-hmm. is that we're not valued and we're looked at almost like animals in a way. Right. And that makes me scared. So, yeah, that in and of itself, that whole white fraternity versus black fraternity mm-hmm. like that was 
probably one of the most problematic things in yeah. Revenge of the Nerds for me. And not to mention, like this movie came out in 1984. Just a couple of years later, you had the films of Spike Lee starting to come out. Right. right. Like it is, it, it seemed like a complete culture shift. Yeah. Yeah. And it proved that, you know, in the 80s, it wasn't just the black fraternity and the white fraternity, and they had to be completely different. Right. You yeah. had a complete different, you, you had another, another, uh, another section of society. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, like, in frat culture, you've got shitbird frats, and you've got not shitbird frats, and that right. doesn't matter what color you are. Like, yeah. that's just what it what is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not saying that there, there's not a black problematic fraternity as well. <laughs> Not gonna. Are we doing say that? Names. Yeah, I know uh, some. Yeah. We leave that at that. Yeah. No. I. I think that that's a really good assessment of. That I situation. went to college online. I was not in a fraternity. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think too that the excuse, because the other excuse that people always give is, oh, but it was the '80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that, that still doesn't make that it right. Doesn't make oh, it right. Like you can't just excuse things away because of the time frame. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm yeah, going to get off it, my soapbox. It's box. fucked up in any generation. Right. Right. It's, it's just like the people like John Wayne's family now being all upset that people are calling John Wayne a racist. Well, he was. He was a racist back then, too. Right. Because John Wayne I don't Wayne care the time racist. frame. Right. Like, you were, because you know what? There were, in that same time frame, white people that weren't racist. Mm. So yep. it was a choice. Right. And he chose to be a racist. And you need to now deal with the fact that you have to live with that legacy. You chose to let Papa be a racist. Right. No one stopped him. Get over it. And also... Um, benefit off of that because he put yep. his son in a lot of racist movies. Not yep. to mention he also portrayed Genghis Khan as <sighs> a white man. Uh. Um, yeah, it's not really a hot take. That is ice cold because <laughs> John Wayne races as fuck. That's yep. shit. All right, so Manira, I cannot wait. Uh, you you got a show you want to talk to us about? Tag you're it. Um, I I do. Uh, in the vein of you saying that we are we have different mm-hmm. um situations that we go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were probably watching different television around the 1998 2000. Okay. Um, right. For those of you that don't know, I'm basically saying that Maria's old. <gasps> um, Moving right along. No, I love you. Love you. I love you. No, but we are, we differ in age. So we would have been watching things. Can we we keep it real? We were all just watching the WB. Right. Oh, Right. That's what was happening. So let's go, bitch. Let me go ahead and read you a little bit. Maybe it'll jog something. Here it goes. And that's part of the note. I want to, I watched you. Before Manera begins, can I just bring up the fact that she pulled out paper notes? But I'm the old one. Like straight up yellow legal sheets of paper notes. Very good handwriting. Is that my handwriting is magnificent? I'm gonna tell you a little story. My mom, shout out to my mom who apparently watches or listens. Um, She is a school teacher, and so she would watch me write, and she would crack. She would crack my knuckles with a. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stop you right there. You will never besmirch the name of Mama Page. No, 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 because she is amazing. When you say I have really good handwriting, this is why. Yeah, but you're alluding to child abuse, and I know that that delightful woman would never have done that. We're both lefties, so our handwriting is garbage all the time, all day, every day. My dad was a lefty. Well, he was ambidextrous. So, oh wow, yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on with my paper. (laughs) Yes. You hear that? That's the sound of that's the sound of old. Here it goes. I watched you for four years, always wondering what you were like and what was going on in your mind at that time when you were so quiet, just thinking, drawing in your notebook. I should have just asked you, but I never asked you. So now, four years later, I don't even know you. 
but I admire you. Well, that makes me sound crazy, but I'm okay with that. So take care of yourself. Love, Ben. P.S. I would have just kept, I would say keep in touch, but unfortunately, we're never going to keep in touch. Wait, wait, is that, is that Felicity? Oh, it is. Oh my God. Yes. Shout out to Carrie Russell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh. I did Felicity. Um, basically, in a nutshell, I did the WB as a whole. Okay. Um, Felicity, for those of you that don't know or didn't watch, um, is basically about a girl who has her crush sign her yearbook. Her crush, Ben, signs that information. She then decides to uproot her whole plan, which was to go to school and study pre-med, not in New York City, but then follow him across country to New York to basically get to know him. That sounds like some stalker shit. Right. Okay. All right. Let's just start there. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so if we're going to start there, we're going to say that this was J.J. Abrams' first stab at just being a writer. He was the head writer. First and foremost, <sighs> a right. Yeah. Huff, huff big. Because that's a. Well, I mean, this is, this is also the time period in the late 90s where you had a lot of these shows. You had, um, at that same time period, you had Seventh Heaven. You right. Had, right. Um, you had Dawson's Creek. You right. Had Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Uh, shout reason, out to Buffy. Yeah. 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 Oh, Buffy, yeah. She heard. For yeah. some okay, odd reason, sorry. at that point, you had all of the shows, all of the dramas were based around white people. Mm-hmm. Whereas yes. on the WB, you had a lot of comedies. You had the Wayne's Brothers mm-hmm. show. You had things like that. All the comedies were black people. Black people, yes. Well, because black people are funny because they just dance jigs and say really funny things like, did I do that? You well, know, that's it, shout out, Urkel. It, <laughs> it kind of created a, a divide where mm-hmm. you had yeah. two different versions of the WB. Mm-hmm. So, well, like on, on Wednesday nights, it was all white people. Yeah. Doing yeah. white people things, yeah. you know, making the world better and whatnot, and just living their lives in a calm fashion. Yeah. Well, I, I'll let you get back to it. I just wanted to, to give no, you a, a, a frame of reference you. for the time and, and kind of the the division amongst the WB shows. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No. So uh, basically, we have Felicity, who, like I said, uproots her plan that her parents have made for her to go and follow behind Ben. Uh, when Felicity and Ben actually see each other, Ben is a little, rightfully so, freaked out because why are you here? He even said in the Check note, I know I'm not, gonna, right, I'm not I'm going to see stalker. you again. Right. Um, I mean, we could have done Felicity. She could have seen Ben again. You could still have that love story, quote unquote, that you're trying to do. However, you set it up in the note. She's not, they don't know each other. She could have picked that college. He could have picked that college. They could have gone separately, but together and still met up. Do you see what I'm saying? Kind That's something that could have happened. Right. <sighs> Instead of it forcing that, hey, ladies, if you like a guy and he writes you one cute stalk note. Stalk him. Go yeah. ahead and stalk him. But wait, I mean, that's that's not the best way to find no, the love of your life? No, and impressionable little girls like myself is that, or you. Is that why you're a stalker? Am I a stalker? I mean, you do have some. Never mind. That's a, that's a conversation for another day. Continue, please. Um. I just feel like there should have been more in the writing room as in women saying, hey, JJ, maybe not, maybe we are not stalkers. That's not actually how you get a girlfriend or that's not how women should be taught to go about getting right. a guy to like her. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Yep. Um, also, they went to New York. 
Um, I don't know if you've seen Felicity, but she literally only had one black friend. I watched like friend. a half an episode. Um, the black friend she met um, was Elena. She met her. She was her lab partner. And that was it. It wasn't a lot of... Wait, you, you said this was in New York, yeah, right? No, yeah. it was. It was in the heart of New York. She went to the University of New York, which, which is, is a fake. So she, it's yeah, a fake university. Supposed to be NYU, but, right. NYU, yeah, but yeah. it's UNY, yeah. right? Yeah, they, there was never any um, any Asian. Wait, okay. No, in, in fairness, mm-hmm. was she in Manhattan? Because maybe you could have sort of faked that she was in Lower Manhattan, why, where there are minorities, are, but maybe not as many. Why are you doing this? Because it's college, and in college you see a plethora of people, and also <laughs> it's New York, which prides yeah. themselves as being the multi. There, like our. Um, it's the melting pot, pot of, this, of country. this country, yeah. Right. Yeah. So why are you especially doing when that? she's a character from Palo Alto, California, which is like very white. I mean, <sighs> there there are other ethnicities there, but all you see on TV is the white people in Palo Alto. You I'm hear about just, tech pros. Yeah, I'm just very confused how a white woman is living her best white life at a college in New York, and there are no brown faces on this show. Oh, I was confused too, but I kept watching because it was all they gave me, and I didn't want to shuck and jive or. Yeah, JJ, if you're gonna do a show on on Wednesdays when the Steve Harvey show and the Wayne's Brothers and the Jamie Foxx show weren't on. Yeah, I mean, listen, just in general, if you're gonna do a damn show about women, maybe there should be multiple women writers helping you write that. Because last time I checked. JJ, you really don't know a lot about being a woman, no. much less a young woman trying right. to figure out her love life. You mean a white man doesn't know anything about diversity? What? Oh well, in their writer's room, as you were bringing up, they had five white men, JJ being one of them, five white women, and one black woman. That black woman, You've Gina Price Blythewood, went on to write and direct Love and Basketball. So we had something there I'm thinking it was just never tapped into. I mean, no one wanted to hear what that black lady had to say. Yeah. I mean, we did because we got Love and Basketball. And listen, we listen, all listen. listened to that. J.J. Abrams didn't care what Gina right. had to say. J.J. didn't care about Gina. Right. But if you're going to, I pull it back to, if you're going to do a coming of age story about a white woman, maybe let the white women and have more than just one black woman in there telling you about things or and actually listen to them okay listen Manira, i think you're naive to the ways of the world so i'm gonna help you out here please do intersectional feminism isn't a thing mm-hmm. no one cares mm-hmm. feminism is all about white women mm-hmm. they're the only ones that know what it's like to have it rough as a woman um, and at the end of the day, they still need to know their place because you, clearly J.J. Abrams knows everything he needs to know about womanhood. Did you want to take off your pussy hat while you tell me that? I mean, you, you don't like the hat? <laughs> <laughs> and again, in, in case anybody is curious, I'm completely trolling her and being sarcastic. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we were fed <sighs> it. Even for its time period, it was a little over the top. Right? Yeah. But... It had really good bones. Like, you could have made something where women would actually rally around it. I feel like. I No, I completely agree. And I think that the bigger problem for me is that Felicity 
as a show kind of launched these like young adult specific shows mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Um, Gossip Party Girl, of Five and Gossip Party Girl, of Five, One Tree Hill. Yeah, yeah all mm-hmm. of those shows that still kept that same format where there was where there were either no minorities mm-hmm. or one or two that were just sprinkled in to mm-hmm. show diversity, but never had more than a line an episode every like tenth episode. Right. It's just. Not to mention that the stories typically revolve around them chasing some guy. Right. Always right. got to get that guy. Right. How about, I don't want your old raggedy ass. Why no. can't that ever be the story? Why can't the story ever be, I'm trying to live my best life, and this dude won't leave me the fuck alone, and I just want to not deal with this dude while I stack this paper? Why can't that ever be the story? That's, I mean, Maria, who wants to even watch that? Oh, right. Because if you're not interested in being... Ugh, whatever yeah. whatever that's fuck that show yeah i mean <laughs> so much so that the the show famously when she cut her hair the show kind of dropped off that mm-hmm. that shows right. kind of the the one-sided like if a single change to your main character can kill your ratings like that then you know maybe it wasn't very well written right yeah yeah i remember that there it was the go. end of the damn world when she cut her hair and mm-hmm. i was just like What's yep. the big deal? Because I didn't, I didn't watch Felicity. It was over it the fact that jam. her and Ben had broken up. Oh which, yeah, no, which should she have gets been ben a, for a little bit. Yeah, wait, it, it should have been a major character milestone. Hold on, right. hold on. So, but more people took it more the fact that she cut her famously long, you know, curly red hair. Right. So, her basically engaging in the stereotype of what women do when they end relationships of like cutting off all of their hair. Which is also typically a, 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 a warning sign for some type of mental health problem. Or, right, you know. right, right. No, mm-hmm. no, no, but that's not what it's... It, it's nope. just, she's being independent. She's mm-hmm. getting cutting that man, washing that man, and cutting him right out of her hair. hair. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? Look, okay. I'm just... Manira, I'm so sorry that you spent any amount of your young womanhood watching this ridiculousness. Well, I mean... Kudos to my parents for making sure that I knew, listen, that is their reality. It's right. not yours. Right. Which is something that, you know, parents have to do. Right. Um, but then also, me being able to find joy in it, knowing that it's not my reality, also shaped, I feel like, what I like nowadays, which is I was craving insecure. Came right. Came along right, right. at the very Shout good time. Shout out to Issa Rae. Right. Not happy we have to wait a whole year, though. But that's an aside. Well, I feel like a uh, hot take. I think she's getting married to her secret boyfriend. Ooh. She is engaged, so congratulations on that. Oh, all right. A little, little spicy gossip right. in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I mean, we're we here to know. give you everything, including the gossip. But, I mean, it's, it's also a sign of good things. That means she's got right. a lot of work, and right. she can't just focus on one project. Right. So. Fair, fair. No, she's, she's doing, doing the doing Donald Glover thing. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, with that, because just problems stink, and I just want to move away yes, from this. Clear. Clear We've the cleared air. the air without saging the room, so I'm very happy <laughs> about this. I mean, it, it, just one more point about Felicity. Like, the show is uh, not badly written, but it did pave the way for shows like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which has a very similar premise about someone kind of uprooting their whole life and moving across the country for a guy. Yes. But they do it in a much better way where it's not just like, oh, I, you know, they use the title Crazy Ex-Girlfriend kind of ironically. Gotcha. Or, okay. or sarcastically, yeah. So it, it is a much better show, and it's it's very well written. It has musical numbers, and it's written and directed by a woman. So, like, it... it She's the lead, is she not? Yeah, yes. she also plays the lead mm-hmm. character. So... I, I think it did lead to some progress, even if it took 
almost 20 years to get there. Mm-hmm. I love and that it, show. It kind of proves that you can do it right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we talk about these things because we want to just say we, it can be done right. Mm-hmm. Like, let's learn from the past. Let's not repeat the same mistakes. Let's move ahead. And, you know, we are start, starting to see more diversity. We are nowhere near where we need to be. Nope. But, you know, just in kind of talking about these things, if any of these things are remade or something spins off from them, like let's just not make the same mistakes. Right. I think like that's my biggest thing. Let's yeah. not any, make the any same of the things, you know, Felicity, G.I. Joe, Revenge of the Nerds, all these things can be remade right. mm-hmm. and right. done without being in, uh, ridiculously offensive or problematic or derivative. Right. Yeah, so. for sure. All right, guys. Well, before we wrap it up today, any final thoughts? Or, or I feel like we kind of just did our final thoughts, but y'all have anything else you want to add on? Nope. Eric is fine because I do it all the time. That's my roadblock. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't have just, anything. That you just happened. You don't have, a, you don't that have any rhymes? That just happened to no, everything. No, as, as the black woman, I do not have any rhymes. Right, because you're not even on this goddamn show. Nobody nope. wants to see you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, we want to thank you as usual for listening. Um, As always, if you like this episode, please rate us. Drop a review like we want, you know, the feedback. Let us know what we're doing well. But more importantly, let us know how we can improve and make this, you know, podcast a staple in your podcast diet. Um, Subscribe. Tell your friends all that good stuff. Also, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. You know, we give updates on episode drops. Put a couple little nice little you know easter eggs and things out there um on both where we are at concentrated pod you can also send us questions or topics that you'd like us to cover um or also feedback if you don't want to do it in a very public way to our email address which is concentratedpodcast at gmail.com um lastly you can check out our podcast or excuse me our website um which is concentratedpodcast.com for links to all of the different ways that you can listen to the show um like Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, all of that good stuff. Eric, you got anything you want to add? Uh no, I mean if you're on YouTube, uh all the episodes are available on YouTube as well. So if you want to leave a comment on there and have it be public, go for it. If you want to bash us in public and want everyone to know, we're there. Yeah, we're feel here free, for though. all the comments. Feel free good to or do bad. That. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. it makes you feel better to shit on us, just drop a hot loose. Right, because we're we're going to do what we do. Yep, that's it. You're Facts. probably we're probably gonna flame your ass, but still go. Oh, for it. all the flame because we are not for fucking play play over here, dog. So if you're gonna leave some shit, you better be on point. Because if not, you ain't ready. Yep. <laughs> you ain't ready. All right, guys. Well, that is it for this week. Bye. Thank you. Have time. a good week, guys. Bye.